Welcome to SlayerFest98. <laughs> I'm Wolverine's A-plus ass, Ian Carlos Crawford, and co-hosting with me today, I have former twink William Stryker. Adam Sass. <laughs> Adam, that was a really good name to come up with. <laughs> Listen, we will get into William Stryker's <laughs> aged out twin uh, behavior here. <laughs> In a second, but we have been joined by three amazing, amazing, amazing guests, and I will cue them up right now. We have Darwin's vengeful spirit, the blurred girl, Caramel. What's up? Hi, hello. hello. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. And then we've also, oh my gosh, we have also got Mystique's wish lace front. <laughs> it's uh, it's Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie Williams, Steph, I will. Here we go. And, uh, and last but not I least, Steph, I will. These names are making me pee in my pants. All right. So, and last but not least, we have got Storm's French Tip Manicure. It's me, Aaron Reese, um, aka Hi. Magical Poppy. Hi, hi. <laughs> names upon names upon names. Thank you all for joining us here. We're talking Days of Future Past. Yay! Yes. It's Adam and Adam. We're at the end of our of our X Men movie run. How do we? How are do we? Feel about that? Don't, don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> <laughs> so full, full disclosure, we have been watching all of these movies back to back to back to back, which turns out not a good idea. It is necessary to space them out by three or four years. Yes. <laughs> it really is turns out uh, that is the, we, the secret of the sauce Adam and I sent each other thankful texts yesterday when we we realized this movie does hold up thankfully um, at least Literally. more so than First Class and Last Stand which we watched and the Generation X TV movie which we watched most recently uh, yeah I, I was very that. happy yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah even Generation X it was like we were more excited to talk about that than we were first class and last stand because at least it was different for sure well i mean i think that the the good thing about days of future past is that it is based off of a very famous um uh popular story and it just it just right away it just felt like it had a point um which so many other films have been lacking um and <laughs> i'm gonna start he's off not right wrong up. that's he's right not wrong. that's right it had a point of view and it stuck to it and it's a time travel gotta stop the bad future from happening story which everybody loves it's very terminator um and then uh you know and it just it had an energy to it i will say that uh it's a shame we'll never know who directed it, it was an anonymous <laughs> director <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's a shame. It's a lot of time. This information we do not have it, but you're that out there. Job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do any of you remember? So, I can remember being very like cautiously optimistic going into the theater to see this. Uh, Aaron, I think you and I were we already were friends when this came out. Yeah, because we? we were both. Were, yeah, we were. Um, wow, we've known each other that long. We um, really have. <laughs> but I can remember I wrote a piece for Geeks Out, the place that Aaron mm -hmm. and I both used to write for, um, about, like, I wrote a review of it because I was so, I couldn't believe how good it was with what we had gotten, you know, most recently. Like, there had been two, both Wolverine, yeah, I think both Wolverine movies had come out by the time this one came out. And, like, ugh, it just, the, my faith in the X-Men series was not there, but I loved this one. And <clears throat> I was really glad that, it's weird. Like even first class and last stand, it's like I was rolling my eyes through the openings of those movies. They give you too much at the top of those films and too much that doesn't matter. 
but with this they give us an action scene and this action scene is like intense like i think it's really good and i can remember in the theater seeing this and like being emotional just from this because it was like oh fuck the opening scene is like this x-men team getting murdered um and yeah and i i was like in after that and it's it's finally we're seeing sentinels which has been teased for so long um and uh there's this is sort of like and it's the original kind of cast that we had not seen really in eight years. And so, yeah, it was a lot of like kind of happy returns. Um, but uh, yeah, 2023, this uh, horrible future takes place. We're not far <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, a few Come more on. years they and just... we're all going to be in these pits. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's, that's lovely. That's wonderful. There we go. And see, and, but see, you're playing around. We already have like killer locusts and fire tornadoes and things. Yeah. So see, you're just calling it nice. Well, then somebody actually the X No, I just need somebody to stop playing whatever game of Jumanji they're playing and put it away. <laughs> that's what I need. I need somebody to put it down and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, do any of you remember seeing it in the theater? Ugh, yes. I, I, <laughs> I remember, you know what's funny? I remember being cautiously optimistic because I was so incredibly angry about First Class, as my um, my intro name suggests. <laughs> um, so I, and I was already kind of, I guess for me, because like the, I had known the John Byrne, Chris Claremont comic and I knew they can't do the exactly like the comic, but I could tell from the trailer that they'd eliminated a couple of pretty important characters, one of which was Rachel Summers, um, which is Cyclops and Jean Grey's daughter. Uh, and I was like, how are they doing this with Kitty Pride doing all the things? So I think for me going in, I was kind of like, meh. I was excited to see Bishop, but then knowing what I knew about Days of Future Past, I knew the most Bishop I was going to see was in that trailer. Um but yeah, so I was, again, kind of like you, cautiously optimistic. But, you know, after first class, I was like, all right, let me see what this is just so I can have something to fight with people on Twitter about. But, <laughs> <laughs> let me just get my facts straight. The thing about X-Men movie fans is like, you pretty much got us. Like, I mean, it just even if just it had been just like bad movie after bad movie after awful choice, like we we're still like, all right, well, I do got to see it, though. You know, yeah. 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 yeah, I went to like the Thursday night showing because it was my birthday. And oh, um, nice. wait a minute, I saw this movie on my birthday too. Hold on, wait, May twenty second? <laughs> uh, well, I, mine was May twenty seventh. Oh, okay, so maybe okay. it's, it's possible that you both saw it on your birthdays. It yeah. really is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> no, only come out on one day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember I, um... seen, I just get Gemini get very excited when birthday people find each other. <laughs> No, but like, I think I remember, um, I guess enjoying it, but like when I say that <laughs> because it was my birthday and I was like yes. already lit, so that's probably why I enjoyed it. And then I went with like a lot of, like my friends were there and they're like, they weren't like nerds like I was. So I got to like jab people like I like to do when I go to these movies and like, so this is wrong and that's wrong, but this and that or whatever. I don't know. My husband wanted me to shut the hell up, but <laughs> I enjoyed that part. And then um, the opening was like the best. And we stayed for after the credits. And I was like, oh, do you know who that is? He's blue. He smokes Newports. That is Apocalypse that's coming up next. And I just thought that was the best thing. <laughs> Newport smoke. <laughs> 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 
I'm mad at you. I'm so mad at you right now. I, oh my god. Speaking of that um, final scene, that was not big buff Oscar Isaac we were seeing in that last uh, oh no. scene. That Ooh. was definitely Ooh. that was definitely a, a slit, more slender gent. Oh, those okay. Fox movies never had it together as much as Marvel. They just were like, mm, let's throw something in there. Every final scene means like the opposite's going to happen. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. and they tried. They tried really. Tony tried really hard to do what Marvel did, but yeah, I mean, although Marvel did kind of screw it up because Stephanie, remember Black Thanos? He was at the end of the first. He was, he was at the end of the first. He's at the he. It was before they cast. I was about to say Cable, but you know, it was before they cast him to be um, um, Thanos. The original Thanos was the first one that you saw at the end. It was like a mid-credit scene in the first Avengers movie, and everybody lost their minds. It was their first time seeing Thanos, but it was a black dude who played him, and then they never saw him again. I was like, ooh, we're going to get this messiness. Um, he's yeah. going to kill then, everybody for death, and that didn't happen. It, did, it was completely different. Uh, but Aaron, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you like four times. Sorry. No, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I actually have a really fun story because I saw Days of Future Pass at the premiere. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the premiere was at the Javits Center. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, there was nothing glamorous about this. Okay, so before the oohs, <laughs> like I was there at the Javits Center at seven in the morning with a lawn chair Ugh. because I had no life. Um, but what made this really fun at the time, I was a fashion assistant at a PR firm and I had to do a pool for a certain blue shifting mutant <laughs> in the movie. Oh, oh wow. Um, yeah, so... Um, I sent her a couple of options. My client at the time was Narciso Rodriguez, and she ends up wearing wow. a blue Narciso Rodriguez gown to the premiere. So I was actually there freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, my work. It's great. Um, <gasps> no. um, but I was literally there from seven in the morning to one the next morning. Oh um, my God. Oh, it was yeah. hell on earth. So by the time I actually yeah, no, red carpets, watched, yeah, red carpets are a mess. They're awful. They really um, <laughs> they're the worst. So by the time I actually watched the movie, I was at like all like eight types of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. I loved the opening. Um, I knew my girl was gonna get played. Um, <laughs> I I saw there were literally four guys behind me that laughed when Storm got stabbed, and I was just like the disrespect. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. But overall, I had like I had a really I had a lot of fun at the premiere. Um. You know, we got like posters signed by the cast and stuff. I will say the shittiest thing they did at the premiere though was that they made Daniel Cudmore, the guy who plays Colossus. Um, so they had like a like an elevated step and repeat. And he gets okay. up there, stands up there, and it kind of rotates so that, you know, people can shoot them from all angles. Yeah. And then they put Peter Dinklage like right after him. And I was like, oh, y'all, are, no. y'all are awful for this. Yeah. I mean, it makes, it tracks. It does track. But actually, I'm sorry, we're, we're skipping the most important part of what he just shared. And I'm sorry, dress designing Narcisa Rodriguez. I'm I- sorry. Clearly, <laughs> that information. Like, yeah, you, you're not gonna act like you didn't just say what you just said. Wait, I you. I was. How a, can a girl get a dress though? I was a very <laughs> lowly like fashion assistant. Um, That's okay. You still got a sewing machine. It's cool. I can send you my measurements. <laughs> oh no, I can't. I can't sew. So I was doing like fashion PR. So but you can do, okay. So it was basically but my you job. Know them. To, 
I mean, <laughs> I'm getting a dress out this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I left the fashion industry so long ago. Like, my first three years in New York was the Devil Wears Prada. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you survived. Okay, well, I'll, yeah. I'll take it easy on you then. Just the top. Okay, nobody sees like the bottom <laughs> on Zoom anyway. So I just need a cute Narciso blouse. You know what I could pop, <laughs> like I could probably do? I could probably get you into Fashion Week. Hey, see, look, who said That's... this podcast don't have payoff? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Are we still doing Fashion Week with the pandemic coming in? Oh, it's going to be on girl. Zoom. You <laughs> <laughs> can, can get you the Zoom link. <laughs> with all the Snapchat filters in the background. That's what I'm saying. All of them. I am going to look 17 years old, but yes. <laughs> I do the baby filter. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but I can be- I can believe it at the premiere. Like a lot of crazy stuff happens. And people think like red carpets look really really sexy, but it is literally a production. And people laugh at me because I'm always in like Converse or something. And they laugh like only one time I was on the red carpet and people somebody got a shot on my feet because usually you're just it's just from the waist up. It's like a Zoom call. So. Why am I going to stand out here for eight hours in my heels? Why? Like, nobody's looking at me. They're looking at the stars. They just need to see, like, me from the waist up. So, yeah, people would laugh at me. They're like, oh, my God, she's got sneakers on. I'm like, yep, but you in pain, though. Exactly. <laughs> Bunions <laughs> popping like crazy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Trying to be that, cute. That Joyce, Carol, that Joyce Carol Oates foot pick. Exactly. <laughs> I, I refuse to look at it. I refuse. <laughs> I was so That's um, racism. <laughs> Steph, did you see it when it was supposed to do? Because it was like before everyone was talking about it. I was like, what's the uh, like? Yeah, I saw it. I was like really upset. And what made it messed up is that I had just got done watching Event Horizon and I was like, this tracks. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> like, why would you like, ma'am? You have, I know you have health care and I know you have access to a virtual doctor. Send that to them. <laughs> Not Twitter. Also, it's so yeah, weird to doing? post it. Yeah, yes. it's so I, I thought it was, was fake when I like when I first looked at it. I thought it was fake. I was like, "This is fake, right?" Like, because it's just so gross. And my group chat, they were like, "Ian, what is what's the foot pic everyone's talking about on Twitter?" I was like, "I promise you, don't want to see it." And they're like, "Well, now we have to see it." And then they were like, "You're right. I wish we didn't look at it." <laughs> it was just the 70th thing that like her fans have been just pleading with her to like, please delete that. Like she is a Morlock. <laughs> so anyway days of the future past um i i love this opening (laughs) i love this opening i i do wonder i know we already mentioned it but like i do wonder what it's weird that they don't even make a mention of like Kitty Pride. It's just like we accept that Kitty Pride can do the whatever time travel thing. Um, cause in so wait, so I think Aaron, you said you watched the road cut, right? And someone else did too, right? I, I did, but I didn't watch it recently. So, okay. So I was yeah. going to ask if they explained that because isn't there like, doesn't she take some, isn't like Rogue's power come into play in the Rogue yeah. cut? So Rogue takes her ability since, Kind, uh, since Kitty is fatally wounded by um, Logan. Um, but they, no, they don't really explain that. To be honest, I think the sole purpose of the Rogue, um, the Rogue cut is kind of like a buddy, like a mini buddy film between Magneto and Xavier. Like they kind of have a, 
like a a cop buddy film, if you will, like just two guys traversing the galaxy. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. Like I like that version. Um, but a lot of the emphasis is really on them because once they extract Rogue from the former Xavier Institute, like she's pretty much obsolete after that. Well, because yeah. the actress, I think, think wanted to be out of the movie anyway. Um, Anna, yeah. Yeah, Anna Paquin was kind of done. Like, she was even rude about it in interviews. She'd be like, yeah, I like the character that has nothing to do, like me. Oh, I was right, like, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I've only seen, like, the clips on, like, YouTube. Like, there's a million different clips. But I've seen the, like, cut, some of the cut clips. Because it's wild that Ice... When do they... I don't know when it happened. Like, when do they get her? Because Iceman dies for the rest like he's dead for the rest of the movie right after they yeah mm, yeah so they get her right before that um he dies at the xavier mansion um oh. and only magneto um xavier and rogue are able to escape the one thing i will say about the rogue cut is it does make more sense to how the sentinels find them later <clears throat> yeah yeah because this in my notes that, that didn't make no damn sense yeah because Basically, you know, they narrowly escape, um, but one of the Sentinels, like, mechanical parts attaches itself to the jet. Um, and that's how they, you know, pull up on site. Hmm. Okay, so they at least explained that part a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was wondering how much more explanation was in the Rogue Cut. It's not much. If anything, it makes you ask more questions. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this movie's moving so fast, and that's, like, a benefit in that it's, like, moving so fast, you're just like, got it. She's taking the brain through time. Like, but got it. Okay, let's move on. Like, it's, I think the the more you try to stop and explain it, you know, I think, like, I think they were definitely making these movies for, like, non-fans, and it's, it's the, the oh, powers yeah. have always it been was... wonky, and yeah, they were. I mean, here's the thing. They, I feel like they make a lot of these movies. They have to explain them so non-fans kind of get what's going on, even though this one was pretty fast moving. But they also <clears throat> know that half of their marketing is going to come from the comic book fans who know the stories who are just going to yell. Mm-hmm. So they, they know that that's not what that was. That was this. And then someone will go, wait, what does that mean? I don't understand. Well, the way it's supposed to work is blah. And like, kind of what I was saying about Rachel Summers. So it's sort of like they know that if they walk that fine line between telling an overall decent story and changing it significantly from the comics, that they'll get both sets of fans. The only problem with this franchise is they didn't quite do both incredibly well. (laughs) Like there's certain things that just like didn't make any sense. I mean, I don't mind that they changed out like who the assassination attempt was supposed to be for and things like that. That's not that big of a deal. Rogue still was the leader of the, the, the people that were basically trying to go back in time and fix all this. I mean, sorry, Rogue was still the, the leader of the people who she did not time travel, the leader of the basically crew trying to do the assassination. But I think what was a little bit more fleshed out was Mystique, like, you mean, um, Oh, yeah. I said Rogue. Sorry. Mystique. <laughs> um, Mystique. But the thing is, in the beginning of the movie, remember when Mystique like showed up in the army tent and like freed all those mutants? Mm-hmm. They're basically warlocks. It was like, come with me. We really didn't see much more of them. Like they did some stuff, but they weren't like prominent members of the movie. And if it felt like they were in the beginning, once everything took off it was super, super fast moving. You just couldn't tell in the fights they were there, but they were not as prominent, I guess, like as she was. So 
I, and I think that was the other thing, even with the fights, it's like, Oh, look, there's Bishop. Oh, look, there's Sunspot. Oh, look, you know, and now they're dead. So it's, yeah. it's just one of those like comic book things like, oh, and you know, can you, it was sort of a where's Waldo and that those, that first big fight um, to find your favorite X-Men. And then it was sort of, let's settle into Wolverine going into the past. I think the weird thing also was the amount, the how far back he went, like, and again, this isn't comparing it to the comics, even though comics did do it differently. I just think like going back to seven, I think the reason why they had to go back to the seventies was that they were trying to right some of the wrongs of the previous movies. Because oh, he could have just yeah. gone back to the eighties. It didn't, you know what I mean? Um, also, why the hell would you send Wolverine of all people back? And I say that because they mentioned like, yeah, your mind has to be calm and all these other things. And like, this is someone who, if they have a bad dream, Someone is dead in the morning. Right. <laughs> why? <laughs> like, right. why would? And then also, like, why would you not strap his arms down or any? Like, those claws come out at, at a sneeze. Right, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, whoever would that—that that was the thing when he was laying on this table. I'm like, let me get this straight because I could—I clocked it. I'm like, somebody's gonna die, and it's gonna be from Wolverine because didn't nobody think to give give him adamantium restraints? Like, who's leading this? <laughs> like, like nobody saw that. He should have even been like, oh, you better restrain me in case, you know, right, I, know right. I get a little crazy when I'm sleeping. Like, it's so <laughs> funny because this whole movie, he acts so like he's this like voice of reason. It's, it's <laughs> really like, oh. he's like, he's like, Charles, you got to believe. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, this is low. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Charles is just high. And flirting with, and oh my with God. Magneto. And yeah, like he just it was like. And then also, I didn't, and again, that when this came out, people weren't talking like this, but it sort of was incredibly ableist of mm-hmm. of the way oh, they played yes. played him. Like, oh my god, I can't walk, so I'm just gonna stay high so I can be normal. And it's like, ooh. they treat him, uh, him being um, in a wheelchair really terribly throughout the rest, especially in Dark Girl. Phoenix. Girl. Oh my god, so, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just was like, and then, I mean, yeah, um, Baby Beast was fun. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do he miss created. Kelsey. I do miss Kelsey Grammer, but Baby Beast was cute. He created um, meth. Meth. That's what it was. That's what um. That's what, right. what suppresses your mutant powers. It's right. Beast is one of my favorite characters in the whole. Like, and I just not in this movie. And not in this okay. movie. <laughs> not in this. Listen, it's a tough road for Beast fans on this. Series. Adam has a Adam has a thing to say about me. <laughs> Every podcast, I'm like, I'm not finished. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how they tacked on the um, little foursome triangle of love, or because oh you know, like Beast kind of gives Rogue as she limps away, um, fuck eyes, and it's kind of like, huh. <laughs> How do we wait, Mystique? How do we get here? Mystique, yes, Mystique, Mystique. Yeah. Mystique. Not Rogue. Oh my god, why is Rogue in my brain? Because I said it. I messed it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but gives Mystique I, like she's limping away, and I'm like, oh, but you you see a, you see an end. Okay. Right. Yeah, but see, that's that's just as creepy as wasn't it first class or or maybe it was the movie before that, that um you first actually do see Rogue and she sees Wolverine for the first time and he's busting out of the uh 
Oh, of the facility. I'm messing everything up. This is why I get for drinking on a Sunday. The- <laughs> so that's apocalypse, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what but that's another movie that we need to forget. So the- <laughs> but that's the next one in the series. It's the next one in the series. But like it it's the same kind of ew. Cause like yeah. she sees him and they make like she makes like, ooh, that's my kind of man. Like the kind that's naked and chained up and acts half crazy with claws coming out. Like, really girl? Older than you. That's yeah. what you're doing, sweetie. Mm-hmm. No, no. So yeah, that it's it's very it's a very weird moment. And then there's also yeah, there's several moments. I'm sure I am positive that AO3 has some type of fan fiction with the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it's there's then it's also weird too because um Eric and Charles is talking about how like they raised her, but yes, right. also at the same that's, time love her. That, and I'm like oh, that's wow. called that's called grooming, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> The entire yeah. second trilogy is nothing but like the war for her parts yeah. and soul. <laughs> like yeah. that's it's, that's that's all it seems like. It's horrible. It's like, and there's so much, and, and at least they're like kind of acknowledging it a little bit, but like there's such a ownership they feel over this person, and it's well, and so, Adam, we and talked it drives about the it. Story, and it's weird. <laughs> we talked about it in the first class episode. Like yeah. the they don't this they need to like say what mystique's age is supposed to be because they go so all over the place like you know her and baby xavier it's like are they oh sorry go ahead that's the problem because in the comics she's very clearly a grown-up like she's very clearly making adult decisions she has a mortgage (laughs) (laughs) her and destiny i'm sorry she pretends to be uh rogue again she pretends to be rogue's mama in the in the comics she's she is it's hinted kurt's mama in the comics like she's people's mamas like there's yes, no mm-hmm. issue of her being a child but see first class messed that up making these people children see mm-hmm. they messed really it up with like the dumbest like opening scene like this the, the we talked about this in first class and i'm gonna talk about it again it just, that 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 having a little girl get in this rebecca romaine naked lady makeup is yeah. crazy and creepy it was a horrible choice she looked like the kids from um, Game of Thrones, the, the Children of the Wild. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, no. And now I can't see it. We, we see not it. doing this on this day. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you will not. <laughs> You're not going to have me revisit my trauma. <laughs> not, not, not my trauma with that but it's but i was watching it earlier and taking notes and i was like oh i think this is the last movie that i semi enjoyed mystique um yeah because at least the fight choreography is there like it's tight it's cute you know she's still giving you rebecca romaine tease um but I'm like, Mystique belongs to no one but the streets. <laughs> and yeah, it should be. Like, I don't And that's that. how it was. She would come in and out. Like, she wasn't. And that's what I'm saying. Like, her, the way she was characterized in the comics, it is one thing that I do miss. She was so independent. It was like the thought that all these conversations, like, I could see it with Jean Grey because everybody was trying to control her, even in the comics, because mm-hmm. her, her right. powers are ridiculous. But it was never like that. She was so strong. And that energy that we got from Rebecca Romaine was there. The moment they made her a child and they did that whole grooming thing, nope, it just it just didn't work. And then they painted themselves into a corner. Because was, now what are we going to do? Like when she, when she does break out, they all have to now say something about it. And they shouldn't have a choice. It's mm-hmm. weird watching Days of Future Past back to back with Apocalypse. Um, the 
inadvisably way I did. I was gonna say um, why. <laughs> I made a bad choice. Made a bad choice. Um, but it did illuminate. Like it was like the way they did first class today's a future past to apocalypse to dark phoenix. It's created this sort of accidentally sense of like serial grooming with Charles, yeah. where he's like, "All right, I'm gonna like control Mystique. All right, okay, now she's done. Like I've lost my power there. Okay, now I'm gonna go to Jean Grey. Like it's just it seems like." it gave this impression that he's just like serially going through these young girl mutants and being Ooh. like, who no, are he is. I, yeah. very, yes, no, it's he in is, the comics. Very, yeah. Yes. It's worse than that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's very creepy because um, it's, it's, I think the whole thing with making this one man who can control everybody's minds or has this ability, that ability in and of itself is sort of like the ability to make anybody your hostage. Mm-hmm. So it's okay when Charles does it, but when we go over to, let's go over to to, to Netflix when the Purple Man does it, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. It's the same, even though he has to, the Purple Man has to physically say it. It's still the same kind of power. They keep saying Charles shut her down or shut him down yes. or whatever. I'm like, yeah, uh, in this movie, okay, he yeah. goes through a whole like train station airport thing and like goes through each person. Yeah, and, like, gets everybody talking to her. It's it's creepy. It's very creepy. I I wanted to point out. I don't think I said this on the podcast yet, but when I emailed Steph to ask her to come on, <laughs> the first thing Steph <laughs> said was, "Can I slander Charles Xavier?" <laughs> <laughs> it ain't so, a party unless it's a Charles Xavier slander party. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I know. I was like, "Oh wow, Steph isn't even the one bringing this up," and I knew you were gonna. Have, I was so. Yes, do your give us your Charles Xavier, uh, give us your rant. <laughs> All right. So the reason why these three these three movies, or is it four, whatever, uh, the new X-Men movies, the only reason why I will sometimes watch them not as irritated is because Charles is so bad in them. He's this bald-headed man who Wolverine he shows up the the mansion is in for foreclosure. That's what's going on. That's why it looks like that. And because he doesn't have any students. So where is he getting the money from? So that's why it looks like that. And he's just this manipulative little shit, as Wolverine calls him, that throws a tantrum and just can't look beside him, like can't like look past himself. The fact that the future hinged on whether or not Xavier and Magneto could see the greater good beyond their own personal gain was hilarious. They honestly, (laughs) the future still should have been messed up because that, that, that in itself was just a premise that I just couldn't get with because like, do y'all know these characters? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I think I remember wishing at that end scene and I know we'll get there, but I think to try to make it look like, that worked they should have had magneto in the school as well like it should have been yeah oh look they finally come together that's why this future is a lot happier like i think that would have i still love that end but that would have made way more sense in the realm of queen (laughs) thank you honestly it's all i spent the majority of the movie thinking that the two of them were going to just get together i'm like is that the future is that what we're doing Mm -hmm. because i they they just they just started arguing like they were each other's exits i'm like i don't 
Like, the, just the figure it out. The airplane scene is intense. The yes, it is. Argument. Yes, it is. Girl. It is very intense. I was like, are they going to disrobe? What's happening? Oh, that um, Bumping from the cockpit the, to the, the, the turbines. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the turbines. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what's it? But I will say I agree at the end. They're like, okay, we sort of wrapped it up, but there's somebody missing. And I did feel like if at least Magneto was walking out the front door or something, it would give us some type of things wrapping up. But then they had me sort of, and then they lost me with the, with the after credit scene. And that has been my biggest sticking point with this movie has been that last scene when, you know how Wolverine, he's like, you know, the adamantium pulls him to like the bottom of the ocean or whatever. And then you see Stryker, pulling him out of the ocean and then Stryker's eyes switch to Mystique's eyes. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I was like, because what are the implications of this? Well, first of all, if it all you had to do was not have Stryker's eyes switch to Mystique's and it would have made sense because Stryker is the person that starts the Weapon X program. Stryker is the person that bonds adamantium to Logan's bones. He is who basically makes Wolverine forget who Logan is because of all the trauma right. and become the crazy ass naked man that you see running out making weird eyes <laughs> at, at, at Phoenix on the way out the door in the next really bad movie. Yeah, and in Apocalypse, he's in the Weapon X program. They find him. Yes. Like so, and we're supposed to connect. So that means Stryker put him there. But if Stryker is if Stryker is rogue, I'm sorry, if Stryker is Mystique, he would not do that. She would not do that because Mystique is against any experimentation right. on mutants. So Even if it's someone she hates, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what was crazy about this, Brian Singer actually, ooh, I'm sorry, was I not supposed to say his name? Like Voldemort? <laughs> ooh, I, I, I mean, that's who allegedly made this movie. Sorry, I mean, we'll okay. never know. Whoever allegedly made this movie allegedly <laughs> admitted in an interview when somebody asked him point blank, why did you make Mystique's eyes show up on Stryker? Is that really Mystique? And he was like, oh, I just thought it would be like really cool. Kind of like, you know, Michael Jackson thriller at the end. Why are you here messing up an entire franchise just because you think it's cute? Like, but, see, this is, this is but why. Do you Houston. know that like Entertainment Weekly interviewed Simon Kimberg and they were asking oh. him about Dark Phoenix. And they were like, hey, do you realize there's some similarities between like this and X-Men 3? And he was like, huh, really? <laughs> that makes me crazy. And I was like, girl. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it, it sent me to space. <laughs> I honestly, I, I maintain to this day that Simon Kinberg was hired by Disney as to be like a spoiler. To sabotage. <laughs> basically yeah. sabotage yeah. Like for the last three movies and just basically be, just make all these fans of X-Men, even if they're like full, like, you know, rose emoji tattoo, pe- like, 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 just be like, please just do the merger. Please do the merger. Cause I like, yeah, so take it away God, from no, we were, right? we were, The moment Feige said, I got this, there were, there was a cheer that went around the world because yeah. we were so tired. And I, I've even had interviews. People like, so what's your favorite X-Men movie? I'm like, I don't have one yet. It hasn't been done yet. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we're off to yeah, a great start with uh, Shia LaBeouf as Iceman. So. <laughs> as well. Allegedly, allegedly. Alleg- I was say, allegedly. I also I can- heard Colton Haynes was interested in a role as well. He did, I, he did tweet I about bet it. he was. Yeah, I'm- you said, <laughs> I, I bet, bet he, was. he was. I'm so <laughs> done with you. Oh. <laughs> I, look, as long as Chan- Channing Tatum is not Gambit, I'm fine. Praise Precisely. Him. I'm fine. I just 
every time they say the movie's canceled, I'm like, good, that's it, fine. Gambit Somebody is my should number like. One, so I mean, I'm, but I that's still right. beta. Like, it's still better than Taylor Kitsch, though. I'm sorry. No, but you know what? Here's the thing. I actually do not blame the gambit that we saw completely on Taylor Kitsch. Oh, no, not at all. Because I think Taylor Kitsch gave as good of a performance he could give as because he thought there was going to be more CGI. He's even said it. The fact that my man opened his eyes and they weren't black, I'm like, there's a problem. And then there was no... (laughs) And then we're going to get the cards... And the, but he didn't do enough with the staff. He didn't, and also he's got a um, what's his other power? It's not as strong as as Jean Grey and Professor X, but he does have like a power of suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's, it's a char- it's a charming ability. Like, yeah, he, I didn't know that. It just right. yeah, he like. So he could have like the moment it's I saw a secondary I am, mutation. I, I believe. Like, what is happening? Yeah. What is happening? Like that whole movie. <laughs> That's right. It's supposed to I hate be, that movie exists so it's much. Supposed to be funny. This guy is supposed to be Han Solo. He's supposed to be like, yeah, I don't give a shit about any of this. Like it was, yeah. It, yeah like, and he was the voice of reason. And then the moment they did what they did with Ryan Reynolds and the whole thing, trying to make, I was like, nope. I'm, I'm <laughs> I rarely walk out of movies, and I didn't walk out of that one, but I was so close. I had my mm. coat on. I remember physically like, girls, stay here and watch the end because you may have to write about this. But I was I was leaving. The moment they showed Ryan Reynolds with his face sewed up, I was like, nah, there's so many. So that's why I going into this movie, I, you know, I, I had many, 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 many feelings. But I agree with whoever said that there was really good fight scenes. And I agree with the comments about the Sentinels, we've finally seen actually pretty good representations of Sentinels. Um, a couple, a couple of them look like T one thousands, but most of them. Girl, they look, look like good. MacBooks from the nineties. Mystique scales on the Sentinels were some yeah. like really like oh they were some definitely that was like weird. Some, that that was some like um. Very of some the old, time. yeah, like some. There was yeah. just like, very six, seven years ago, sort of smart tablet. Well, it actually, did, no, you know what it looked like? It looked like it wasn't the final render or the final lighting. It was like uh, somebody said it like two weeks before the movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to have scales, not post production and, and fucked up. Right, like, <laughs> like that's that's the that's the whole thing that went wrong with cats. I mean, besides some of the other really weird performances, mm-hmm. but they. they <laughs> person that was directing it didn't know anything about post-production so didn't do any of the tracking didn't put any any scale or any dots or anything so you knew how where to create some of the effects that's why people's faces were shifty and movie and and like things looked really really weird like if you don't give post-production enough time to do stuff machines only go so fast okay. and so it was like i think it felt it looked unfinished the scaly portion of it i mean See? it feels like you're almost implying that maybe the 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 person the anonymous person in charge of production was late and unpredictable. Wow. <laughs> See, you guys are coming up to like one of my biggest issues in a movie, and it's the it's the last future fight scene. Because- oh, can we please get into that, please? <laughs> wait, wait. Before we wait, get into that, can I was we say we're not there yet. About yeah. the, um, them going to the Pentagon. <laughs> I had a note um, because you said the I, have a note. I have a note. Because okay. the edible hit right at this moment. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and the note is during the chore uh through the the pentagon or whatever a child asks can i use the bathroom then the lady responds 
Well, you're in luck because this place was built during segregation and there are plenty to choose from. And I threw my remote. Wait, because are, it's why? No, yeah, no, that is a line. That. that is a line. I did hear that that was, a, and that that is a line. And it was one of those things that because I saw it in the movie theater and it was so angry, I didn't go back and watch it again until very recently. But yeah, that is said. And you're right, Stephanie. I don't know why your oh, edible told you that though. The edible speaks. My husband's hard of hearing, so we had the captions on. So it it was like, and she trails off like she was like, "Oh, you're in luck because during segregation this was built." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Yeah, no, the oh, edible perked up, perked my ears right up to the racism, and it said, "Listen to this." It was a Make little. A was it a little black child? No, it was like I don't. I think the child was possibly white. I think okay, it was all I, white people girl, on this you, tour, but there were no black people in that film. That's what, right. Well, uh, yes, they were, but they died oh, in Paris. They they I mean, died. The obvious. <laughs> Someone told me that Misty Knight was going to be in this movie, and I am no. still pissed to this day because of that Paris scene. I'm like, why? Because she has an afro and she's dressed in red. Yeah, Get out of my face. girl, who read your palm and told you lies? Somebody lied. Who that to you? This is the same person who told me that. This is the same person who got my hopes up and told me that Monica Rambeau was going to be in Captain Marvel. Girl, tell me she was going to be twelve. You need a virgin of your circle. Mike's skin. I keep going no. back to the edible. I keep going back to the edible. Told you that this. Yeah, listen, the edible told you about the underground railroad. Wait, what? No. Wait. The edible perks my ears up to racism every single time. I can't. I clock it every I, single time. I, I don't understand what it is with bathrooms in these movies. Like if Kevin Costner in the other movie. Like I don't know why the women's bathroom has to be the center of so many civil rights conversations. I mean, in, in X Men Two, the bathroom was popping now oh my it, god it was, it was. <laughs> that snake print dress sis oh my god the looks <laughs> i'm done Remember I has fun the timeline of this movie I- <laughs> no 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 we can get it back we can get it back we can, we can, we can. About, so basically they're, they're still back in time they're in the 70s <laughs> wolverine does not have a good is is the voice of reason which is very confusing we already talked about how <laughs> Charles is a creeper, but he's high, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and how Baby Beast is the person supplying everybody. <laughs> it's Wolverine in this movie is kind of like that is that gruff dude who's running like an intervention. Who's like, I used to be this, I used yes. to be this like grumble guy, like, and now I'm here. And and he's like, he's he's talking a lot of like really emotional kind of like bring everybody together stuff, and it feels real weird because he's very gruff. But that is his vibe. You know, I did. I do have in my notes and I I still stand by this. I think this is maybe the most enjoyable Wolverine performance Hugh Jackman gives. 100%. Oh, for sure. mm, Because he like, you know. Within this franchise. Because, yeah, yeah, there's also Logan. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, you know, I even think of that scene in that airplane. I mean, I know we already mentioned it, but like when they're yelling and then he's like, you know, pick this shit up. Like, I think that's like a really good. I was like lighting his cigar. Like, tell me he improv that because there's no way that was in a script, right? I, feel I like- would hope so because that was <laughs> that timing was good, and I don't think Voldemort's capable of that. Yeah, no, I no, don't that so. was definitely not because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the dialogue in this movie is very much just like we need to get Raven on board because I because I raised her, except we were the same age. Except I need to do like it's very mechanical and weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that anything that anything you enjoyed that was an improv. 
the the dialogue in these movies tends to be a little mechanical. Um, but we also we so we uh, sped past one of my favorite parts is when they break Magneto out. Mm-hmm. I I wonder, and Adam and I have said this almost every movie. It feels like there's one actor, one or two actors that were like, "You get me for two days on set, and then I'm gone." <gasps> and it feels like you Evan Peters had that with this movie. Complex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He has stuff to do. I mean, okay. he he was he as an American Horror Story. He's probably like, mm, I'm busy, <laughs> but I think he gives a really good performance. I and the other movies completely waste him, but at least it made sense that they just brought him in because they needed him for this one thing. So I'm willing to like forgive him being in only like a weird 20 minutes of the movie. Um, I enjoy him. I think he's really great. A friend of mine though once said like, because I think this and Ultron came out within a year of each other right yes i think yeah no ultron was next year because this was this was like this was basically made post avengers one so you which you could really tell because it was like oh great they have this energy now of realizing how they can do an ensemble like because they learned it from avengers right yeah (laughs) onward onward you go but but so like i think a friend of mine was like well so it wouldn't have been as confusing and like weird they should have just made him north star and i always think about that like that would have been really oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. i don't like, think i don't uh, think voldemort knows who that is i don't think i'm just being honest and you know what for them to for them to have for us to have again and this was my biggest thing back then and you're right um age of ultron Let's see, Days of Future Past was, uh, what was that, 2014? And then Ultron was like 2015 or 2016. It came out. I think they shot it in 2015. But the point is, we had the same character in both of these movies, but we still don't have a Storm movie. Like, the same argument. Like, y'all couldn't. (laughs) And they both had about 20 minutes of screen time. It was like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So long story short, Voldemort was like, I could make this North Star, but that would require me doing thing one for the community. So pass. Oh, yeah, so, wow. No, thank you. Girl, she said that Iceman scene in X-Men 2 is all you get. <laughs> Listen, That's that it. created, ve- I was, we were just, I was just listening to the, the X-Men have, have you seen an interview that. where he's like gleefully being like, oh yeah, I modeled that after my coming out scene. It's like, great, right? Oh my gosh, what? You know what? Quicksilver seems like someone that uh, he would gravitate towards um, in the comments. And I mean that with all shade. Uh, because I was say, he was trash. <laughs> so it, it, it tracks. Allegedly. 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 But so, you know, and I mean, they try to redo it in Apocalypse, but I love the running scene. I love it's Mm -hmm. like such a it's it's like they knew what they were doing. They were setting us up for like this very good scene, but it works. I don't know. I really one of the few fun scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. You know, no, I was just saying it was the first time that like I shut my brain off and just enjoyed myself. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like yeah. he carries the comedic weight of that movie. To be honest, like it's it's a refresher. Yeah, it it really is, and like I think I'm not sure if it's maybe because he was like a new actor added or whatever. And like the the one thing the movie does well is like we have we are overloaded with characters, but it's still enjoyable, right? Like 
it's okay that this character is there for 20 fucking minutes and but he comes in and he's like a breath of fresh air immediately because i will say while the airplane scene is good while the, they do feel like ex-lovers i'm exhausted with charles and xavier with um magneto and xavier at this point it's like i get it either fuck or don't but like ugh, get oh. out of my face <laughs> like, <laughs> but you hit the but you hit the nail on the head because you said like it just seems so refreshing with this quicksilver scene you, you said it there's not that many people in it like there's very few moments in this film that don't have like six people like in the screen, in this on the scene, like this podcast, all yelling at <laughs> <to> each other. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wow. Listen, this is the most like pause for respect podcast we have done yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not five gay men. So. Oh my God. Five Ooh. gay men. Five gay men talking over each other podcast. Why would you do that? Forever. Aaron, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to hear like a podcast that's nothing but just like name dropping where the stories go nowhere, like that's like just get a bunch of gay men together. <laughs> well, I met I met uh, January Jones um, when I was on a catamaran, <laughs> <laughs> and they say it, and they say it with their whole chest, such a whole chest. Wait, so real quick, how long was this supposed to have like gone on for? Like, how long? Are we supposed to believe that it like what's time doesn't make any sense is what I'm trying to say because like how about the podcast yeah, I that. thought you was talking about the podcast and I was like, <laughs> no, wait, no, how long is it gay? Wait, what's happening <laughs> in the movie? Because <laughs> like I kept trying to remind her that edible hit 12 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> she has ascended us all. <laughs> and maybe that was it, but like I sat there like trying to really figure out mathematically, like so in the time that they showed up in China, um in the China Mountains or whatever. This little, whatever, this, where this place is, where I'm pretty sure it's not meant to do whatever they were doing there. But anyway. Which they fast traveled from, from Russia. Oh, wait. I'm mad he said fast travel. They did. <laughs> they did. And then, then like, they sat there and like, they're having conversations and stuff. And I'm like, these sentinels are on the way, right? So do you have- Yeah, I got time for this. Yeah, I got time for this. Yeah. Yes. So like, what what is that? Is it, you know what? We'll be all day. Just for, just ignore me, because that really <laughs> is my it still does to this day. And I'm like, what is the what's the time frame here? Because Kitty is lo- losing blood because y'all didn't cut, you didn't tie Logan. That still pisses me off. And then Charles just looking like, well, we need a little bit more time. Should have figured it out. She is sitting my over favorite. him with three gash wounds in her side. Like this, Iceman freeze the wound. <laughs> he did something like that. Yeah, he did something like that. But it was it was one of those things like Charles, you know what everybody's thinking, what everybody's feeling. You couldn't tell that that might happen and that we should possibly, I don't know, maybe restrain him. Like you're fired. You're trashed. Oh my, my god. My favorite, my favorite thing that Adam keeps do saying when we when we encounter these problems in the X-Men movies is these X-Men are just like, well, I've done all I can. And then just like, okay. put your hands up. Oh, listen. The it's what like they make Storm do in X Men Two when she's yeah. like, "Well, I'm done." <laughs> listen, I treated, I treated listen, 17, listen. I'm done. 
Listen, that tornado scene is a robbery. <laughs> it is a robbery. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that the physics this woman created about good 20 tornadoes and two fighter jets are just dodging in between it like Deadpool on acid. And like still escape and then Gene saves the day and then Gene still didn't save the day and Magneto had to save the day. I quit. <laughs> no it doesn't make any sense listen just know we had like we had it we had a storm ally who is who has left us roger ebert in his review of like the first few x-men's was like i really don't understand how this knives guy is leading the team and the woman who controls the whole like atmosphere of the planet is like somewhere in the background well when you only get budget lightning and wind gust like this is what we left with and then and and wigs with bangs okay um, not the spider fingers on the the bang stuff i'm requesting a video i'm putting in my ticket now y'all are so serious she's typing she's typing Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So, I do, I think we said this earlier, I do think Mystique is better in this movie. It's the best J-Law has been in Mystique. She doesn't seem tired. She seems seems kind of into it. Um, And I do think the action scenes are there. Like, they remind me of the Rebecca Romaine fight scenes, which she always did really well. Uh, Which I was wondering, I was like, is that because they probably have a stunt double as her, like, most of the time she's in blue makeup? But, whatever still like still like those scenes one of my favorite um, things that when we do mystique and then this is this is me doing the rare positive here is one of my, one of my favorite things is that when mystique mystique is pretending to be like a man yes. and then you have that male actor have to do some sort of slinky femme oh sort of well, move voldemort like, has <laughs> said that he instructs these actors to do that specifically it, it does only show up in in anonymous's movies yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that tracks. He know what he is like, Tyler. You know what? Never mind. Ooh. I was gonna say, oh no, are you no, no, no. To, are we ready for that conversation? No, we're not. No one's ready for that. Please, <laughs> we, we don't not. have that kind of time. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That was Stephanie's current edible just hitting. Oh. It just jumped out. Coming in Thought waves. it was gonna start something. Yes, it's coming in waves. Coming Sit in down, waves. girl. Drink some water. Go get some water. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that I have Google image search. I, I, I have Google. I have Google search Boo Boo Stewart because I did want to bring him in. But yes, I do he's want to bring adorable. him up at some point because he gets. He's very adorable. He gets super lost. He will not be seen again. Hopefully, you know. But like, hopefully, we we do bring him back in some way. But he has always done uh, the hard lifting here, and I did want to. I, I didn't even know why I wanted to bring him up. Like, I, or what context I would bring him up. He died so terribly. So terribly. Both his deaths are fucking brutal. <laughs> so bad. Like Storm dies after doing all that great stuff, and then her oh. back is turned. Just okay, like, so well, we here now. So I need to address yeah. this really quickly. So. If we're talking about post-production, like I remember being in a theater, not even realizing that Storm was doing something because the screen is so fucking dark. Yes. Like and that's and that's that's laziness. That's that's exactly what happened with Game of Thrones, the final season. Exactly. They took so it's, long it's, to get yeah. they, their compositing like the was so Winterfell. bad. Yes, their compositing was so bad they had to make everything dark. And then they tried to gaslight the nation. Exactly. And say no. 
your screens just weren't bright enough. And I was like, that would be Sis. cute if it was one or two people, but it's the entire planet. And, Shut up. And that ain't that. Because <laughs> I'm like, you mean to tell me she's making these metal shoe boxes clank around like <laughs> that's what they look like, the the things holding the fentanyls. <laughs> they were dropping Air Jordans. Yes! They dropping look, listen, Steph. That's where we get the um the off white jobs <laughs> in the future. <laughs> this is what's happening. It should have been foot locker boxes. I'm gonna. I need to do something. And these metal bookcases like <laughs> the sky. But truly, but like, so if you're watching it closely, you can tell that they're like clanking against each other and stuff, which mm-hmm. takes a considerable amount of wind power. But all yeah. you are literally seeing is snow globe level snow, and I'm just yeah. like this. And I mean, it's I'm like, girl, are you? Is your iron low? <laughs> not storm anemic <laughs> yeah see and that's a whole other podcast anemic storm <laughs> so when i was watching apocalypse since we're not going to be talking so since, since we do not have a, an apocalypse podcast plan, uh, that's okay so, that's well, all right it will be short it'll be like 10 minutes listen, so alexander ship's storm like apocalypse doing, groom storm and it was, and it was crazy to me because she was doing this lightning and then they had her lightning go against Cyclops's optic blast, and like it was these two equal sort of energy blasts together. It just really felt. See, it, it just they don't. I have a problem with that because for I feel like the biggest misconception, especially with Cyclops, is, is it is a concussive blast. It is not a laser. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is like sheer force. Same thing. It's the same thing with his brother. That's yeah. why in first class, they, they have the same kind of concussive power. Just exactly. one comes from <laughs> one, one comes from his navel, like that kid on My Hero Academia, and the other one <laughs> comes from. <laughs> you talk about say it with your chest. Well, the other one comes from <laughs> his eyes. So it's the same kind of power because they're genetically like linked that way. But yeah, there 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 has literally never been an accurate represent, representation of Storm's powers on screen and no creativity with it no like look i was done with the commercials with with um with dark phoenix when they had them all where she's an ice machine not no when she's standing there in the rain with an umbrella why is an umbrella why why i have questions she was she was giving you a rihanna homage girl only unnecessary Batman. Like she literally, and people only think of her because of Storm as rain and wind. She control. She's a weather goddess. Yes, she can make it sunny. She can burn you like like the the sun in the desert. But we don't do that. No, we never we, we get budget lightning every time. You know, like in and- living. <laughs> to say in living heroes i have her using her powers um as an air conditioner on herself because why would oh you not God, do that yes. thank you thank you, oh, thank you. I love it. the economic like, value apocalypse, in, in apocalypse when she's sitting there like oh my god it's so hot how how honey how did he make you forget everything like i don't get it i don't get it i just <laughs> i'm very upset if uh, mm. It's funny because so, like, they have such creativity with Quicksilver's powers. Here. And Magneto. Like, and they Magneto. let that man flex the most in this entire series. They always find, like, literally in um, Dark Phoenix, he's doing, like, some type of magnetic kung fu um, where he's just, like, throwing shit off the train. Yeah, Mag- is Magneto is like, so, is, is, like, their Iron Man. Like, they yeah. upgraded yeah. his helmet his capes all of his things he gets upgrades and changes even charles gets like i don't know what a new 
uh, wheelchair every now and then, but it's, <laughs> like you can't. <laughs> like, it's just the same. They, there's only two or three characters that they consider their stock characters. This happens in comics too. Mm-hmm. And they keep re, you know, changing them, updating them, giving you kind of the same thing, just in a different um in a right. different in a, in a different covering a different outfit different suit have you guys ever and, read x-men worlds apart mm, yes I so Some of it, yeah. I, fig- I figured Steph probably would but it's like she's like having to deal with <clears throat> going between like um ruling over wakanda and the x-men but one of my favorite scenes um in that book is she reverses the flow of oxygen via mm-hmm. a tornado to suffocate everyone in a room yep oh my yep. gosh Yes, oh, wow. that makes perfect sense. Or like, or like manipulating like electricity on a molecular like scale, like things exactly. like that. Exactly, she can it, like do cosmic storms. Exactly, like basically, fun. Storm and Darwin and a couple of the people are like the most, including Jean Grey, are some of the most powerful X Men, and they don't use them. They just like, and I'm not saying that Storm was not killed in the future in the comics in X-Men in, in Days of Future Past because this is a whole preventing the future thing. We're not saying that. We're just talking about, in general, the underutilization of a very, very powerful character. Absolutely. Which, which now they're saying, don't worry. She's going to be this guy's wife. It'll be great. And oh it's like, no. like, T'Challa, and I love I love Black Panther, I do, just before y'all drag me. But, like, <laughs> I don't. T'Challa, nope. same. T'Challa, um, in and of himself doesn't have powers. She does. Mm-hmm. So, like, for him, it would be, like, sort of marrying up because as powerful as Wakanda is, and I don't know what part of the timeline they're going to be putting him either because if they yeah. if they try to balance Black Panther 2, they can't put... Pa- they can't bounce it with the comics because Namor has an attack, so that's not going to work. But right. if, they, if they look at... If they look at what happened for the Avengers showing up and tearing up Wakanda, if... The, if Wakandans are mad at him for that. That'll be a nice place for them to start this next movie because that's sort of what it was, you know, like in the comics. But yeah, again, but we'll get to why I feel you like, like Charlotte Stephanie. Yeah, Storm suffers. Well, I have new reasoning like, too. She suffers greatly whenever she's next to T'Challa. And I mean, I love Black yeah. Panther, but it's kind of the same dynamic with Sue Storm and Reed Richards. Like, yeah, you, and Mary Jane Watson. Exactly. Like, you have a lot of the, you know, the man in a relationship sort of policing the other's powers. So I can't think of which Black Panther comic it is, but like T'Challa is talking to her about the importance of stealth and things like that. And I'm like, Sis, she could. Yeah, that sounds like Chris. I'm pretty sure it's Christopher Priest. I'm pretty sure it's Christopher. Yeah, the whole criminal. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't Priest. It was. Yeah, it wasn't Priest. I'm sorry. I think that was one of the Hudlins. I think he wrote that one. Probably. I have issues with Priest though, but that's another time. Oh, listen. Oh, there's so many. Even if we're gonna talk about Melage. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and priest is the person that came up with the scantily clad dormilaje people mm-hmm. want to say like oh this is great 13 yep. and 14 13 yes. and 14 yeah and the the uh what i was going to say also about storm was even in the comics even when they put her with forge forge accidentally mm-hmm. took all of her powers away and then basically brainwashed her or not brainwashed her basically sort of lied to her and yeah, made her think she was living she with him everything to do with they were boyfriend and girlfriend mm-hmm. and then she finds out that he's the per- reason why she doesn't have her powers anymore 
Like mm-hmm. they, I mean, this character just gets done so wrong. That comic is low key the Diary of a Bad Black Woman comic. Yes, it, is. No, it really is. It really is. Um, it's called Life Death. Because when she has to fight without her powers and she still does it, like well, that's all. The whole... the opening the opening statement of that comic literally made me tear up the first time I heard it because it starts off with there used to be a woman that could fly. Yep. Yep. So beautiful. And I don't I I pray to God that Voldemort doesn't get his hands on that one because then I'm really gonna riot. That's gonna be well, fucking famous. I don't, oh, I think okay. Voldemort's done. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So yeah. this might be like a slight tangent um stepping into the dc universe like really really quick, like really i was gonna quickly. say we we left the main road about a half an hour ago on Stephanie's second but edible so. I, I feel like just to quickly because i've been researching like what this new wonder woman movie is supposed to be about plot wise oh well, i know where you're going well, yes. never know and I know where you're going. Yeah, I, I knew one of you would. And so we're going to get a depowered Wonder Woman in this. I like I'll spare you the details. But for me, like my frustration whenever someone tries to sort of take this approach is you, they were never powered in the first place. Like you didn't get to see the fullest extent of Wonder Woman's powers in the first movie. So why in the second movie would we do that? But I also feel the same way with Storm. Like, I mean... It's that should never be an option on screen until this woman is making entire hurricanes. Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah. the thing, like on the level of Magneto, who in X2 is like ripping a man apart because of the exactly. like metal in his bloodstream. Like, mm-hmm. that's right. the level at which we should be operating here. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, so, so going, going back to the movie, um, I do, I, I, I mean, <laughs> she doesn't even go here. I don't like that. Seems, seems suspicious. Uh, I know, I, I forget who said it earlier, but someone did say it is comic accurate for Storm to get, you know, the fucking thing through her. And I, it's weird because I remember like knowing that, even knowing that, I still like, when I rewatched this, it still like caught me off guard. And even when I watched it the first time, I remember being like, <gasps> because it feels, even though we never got like a super powerful storm, I think especially folks like us, we rely on what we know of storm and we can put that on the character. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we think of her as like this powerful leader of the X-Men and it's like, Oh shit, they just killed the leader of the X-Men. I can't like, it just fe- like seeing that on screen. I will admit, I cried during all the deaths <laughs> watching it. I mean, the podcast, way she's like, tossed oh. over the side. Oh, yeah. Like, like this respect. She, it was literally mm-hmm. like a rag doll. Yeah. Well, because they had just previously, like a second before, done the like sh- un- un- unexpected shard in the stomach for Magneto. Right. And, and, and I mean, react play. Um, and it was a good dead. moment beforehand right. where she's like powering up Bishop and, you yes. know, her and Magneto like have their, um you know, tag team. Hands up. Ship. I love it. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. yeah like, it's really fun, but the inevitable. Comic. And like, I, you, you know what I mean? Like knowing the comic, you knew that I didn't know. I don't know. I feel like in my head, even seeing the movie the first time, I didn't think they were going to make it as brutal. As yeah, it is I didn't think it was as, it was going to be as brutal either. Yes, and the tossing of her body like a rag doll. Yes, I was like, okay, but was that necessary though? Yeah, like, let right. me fall down. Like, why, why, why? There, <laughs> yeah. but at the but at the same time, again, it, they're all created to elicit a response, and they're all trying to make us see like we we have to prevent present. Sorry, prevent this, and 
I think they did that with the movie. It's just things in the middle to me just got so muddled because yes. it turned into who's going to save Mystique as opposed to who's going to save the future. Like Logan kept trying to say like, y'all, we have a really much bigger problem here. Mm -hmm. Can we just solve this? And it was more like, I loved it more than you did. No, you didn't. I did. It's like, nobody cares. There's people dying over here. <laughs> you know, I, there's people dying, Kim. I'm in the <laughs> <laughs> who made the King, King of the Mutants? Wait, like what? why? Like who made <laughs> Charles and Eric the kings of kings of mutants? Yeah, like that's the answer to that. Like themselves. Even if you read the current one, oh, although I kind of like the current one because they're dark. How, like they're yeah. actually playing. Oh, I like that. Their, House of their, X their, is oh. House of X is is amazing. It's, it's incredible. Um, but it's yes. also because they're leaning into their true selves, mm -hmm. which is that they are kind of dark and they don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, and it's, they're terrible. It's the ultimate and fight. I think that's what's missing in the movies. They're, everybody's trying to make them good. It's this whole concept of it doesn't matter how bad they are. They're really good guys that have, they're, they're really good that they've just lost their way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the story that's constantly being told to us. Whereas, and again, we're not trying to just, push the comics a lot but it's just i think what's happening now in movies that get made that are coming out now that are, are about you know comics they're it's shades of gray like even by the time we got to things like endgame and stuff like that and right. i think that's the other problem we're mm -hmm. comparing comic book movies now look completely different not just in terms of graphics like flying tin cans but also <laughs> in terms of also in terms of storyline like when you look at the good versus evil of Cap and Iron Man and Endgame versus what we're considering good versus evil in Days of Future Past. It's like it the way we are even bringing these, uh, looking at these movies and interpreting them now is different than it was then. And it's not that long ago. So it's weird, I think, also looking back at this movie with 2020 eyes yeah. on top of everything else that's happening like in real life. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you make a good point too in terms of like how the X-Men franchise relies on archetypes so much. Um, yeah. Very black and white archetypes. So for instance, I feel like Cyclops to me is the best example of this. Like, I mean, anyone who's read the comics like knows Cyclops is a very nuanced character, but he kind of gets sidetracked into like... I don't know. Uh, like being a whiny. Yeah, he's just. Uh, just yeah. Yeah, he's just very like bratty, Boy Scoutish. But like, but even with him being molded into a Boy Scout character for the films, like he still doesn't like have like the, um, like the tact or the the level of intelligence or like any of those things that he doesn't grow. Yeah. He's like a Captain America that did not grow mm -hmm. past the first Avenger movie. And that's because Xavier wasn't focusing his grooming attention on him. He yeah. does in the comics. He doesn't in the movie series. Yeah. yeah. Which is why by the time we get to House of X, he's grown a set. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating because James Marsden really could have yeah. done that. He really could have. Oh he was frustrated too. Yeah. He was frustrated too. In fact, it was so funny too to see him even in interviews for Westworld saying, yeah, I just can't seem to get away from this role. <laughs> I'm just like the dude that just... Keep I think catching it because I'm a, a good guy. These, a lot of these actors had the range. It's just they weren't given the material in these. Yeah, movies. yeah. You yeah. Have, mm -hmm. Like James Marsden, Holly Berry, Pumpkin Johnson, and you did this with them. 
Like it's just yeah. like you had him and now we're not going to get him again. It's just like, it's just a shame. And especially seeing Halle Berry in John Wick 3. Yeah. She was incredible. What? She was amazing. Like she was so good. And I, I mean, Voldemort's excuse for her lack of um, participation and Days of Future Past was that she was pregnant. So they wanted to... Like, they were like, oh, she has to wear this thick harness and we're going to have to, like, take it easy and all the stuff. But I'm like, you have Ian McKellen's, you know, old ass. Well, right. you know from that Hollywood yeah. Reporter article that he had a, he felt a very certain way mm-hmm. about, about her. Oh. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, what seems to be coming out is that he didn't get along with a whole lot of people. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, the thing where he was like, he was going to do what he was going to do. And if anybody had an opinion, they could take it up with, like, they could fuck they off. Really like, yeah, fuck yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And I will say in my notes, I even put the movie's dragging a little bit, but then we get to that. I think, I think the moment it started to really drag for me, we, once we spent too much time in the seventies, yes. like, yeah. yeah, but I did love that we picked up with Magneto again, being the drama queen that he is picking up a stadium, flying it over to the white house and getting the Sentinels and seeing the Sentinels in the seventies fight that crew. And then the seven, the Sentinels in the future, just fucking murder the future X-Men. And I think the, for me that it's like the movie started to drag, but then that did pick up. Like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, like, I liked that we were seeing two different action scenes at this, like intercutting between two. Yeah. I like that. Um, And you know, I, all those deaths are, it's, it does bother me because um, I I can even remember being so excited we finally got you know um, Sunspot we got our like we got a Hispanic hero in the X Men movies and he dies twice. You are forgetting <laughs> then, about Generation X, my friend. Oh right, yes. You were well, forgetting Generation about X. Skin. No, I didn't. Yeah, were... I didn't. No, I didn't. He didn't forget. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I get upset that all like the. The diverse team is the future, like dystopian team, and then they're not there. It's yeah. the most diverse team they've ever assembled. Yeah, it's just yeah. to that be like, look the- how terrible and slaughtered this future is. Yeah. Yes, and you know what's funny? That is the other reason why I wanted to support the movie because I'm like, this is the most diverse team that we've seen. If we don't, if if we don't support the movie, we won't get it again. And this is something that I talk about a lot. If we were given more than one thing, we wouldn't all fight over the one thing. Right. That's mm. true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just sort of, um, and I find myself, you know, in this case many times, not necessarily, this is why I, I don't always review stuff. I like critiquing and I'll talk about them in, in, in forums like this because we're not allowed to have, like, when it comes to not just black folks, just diversity in general, it, you're not allowed to fail. Like yeah. somebody can come out yeah. to a movie. Even we're talking about Voldemort. Voldemort will work again, <laughs> and he'll be given millions of dollars to do it. Whereas somebody will do one movie and it won't go great, but they're still they're they're still learning, and they won't get another one. You know? Oh well, we tried that diversity thing. Oh, we tried that black director, or we tried that queer director, or we tried whatever fill in the blank, and it didn't work. So we're not going to take a chance in the next one. It's like what? This is the problem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it gets, sometimes I feel like it can, it can sometimes feel exhausting, right? Talking, having to like, be like, nope, like still not, we're still not there. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you're being the buzzkill, but it's like, yeah. no. Like, I mean, I feel like especially it's interesting. I've encountered quite a few Gen Z kids that love the X-Men franchise. Um, 
And it's a bit baffling, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with, um, I'm just going to say it, like the colorism, for instance, for Storm, um, for me, has always been such a huge problem because my Storm was one of the first cartoon characters I saw on TV that matched the complexion nearly close to mine. Um, and so I'm like, well, someone else in the future needs that to pass along because Hallie is closer to Hugh Jackman's likeness than she is. To- <laughs> like, <laughs> it just, it is what it is. Um, but I, I, I think also, and this is the problem, when you're looking at these big budget mainstream mm-hmm. things, all investors are looking at is who was well known to, to push this movie along. Because again, they had, they missed an opportunity. This is this now, again, this is me complaining about comics again, but mm. I personally think that they missed an opportunity. Rachel Summers was supposed to be the person to travel right. to, to the past to do all this. It would have been the perfect way to introduce a younger ex person mm-hmm. <laughs> and a younger a generation is like, oh, look, we're going to start looking at New Mutants or one of those runs with her. She could have introduced us to some other people, you know, introduced us to Wolfbane and a few other people. But we didn't get to do that because they were like, no, 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 we have to go with the people that they know. Hugh Jackman's doing really well. These are his good numbers. We got, you know, Jen won an Oscar. So, you know, fell down the stairs doing it, but she got it. So let's get, you know. We got it. <laughs> what I think we is really interesting, it. like at least like in 2000 versus now, because what Hallie had just like won the Golden Globe um, for the life of Dorothy Dandridge and comic book movies, though. And I mean, and you can say X-Men single handedly ushered, you know, the new era of comic book films um, into the industry. But they there was still such a strong hesitation that the need for bankable actors to be, you know, on the when a franchise was like of the utmost important, but I feel like then you look at um, because of the way fandom has elevated in such time, like there's a lot of fan casting that's also going on too. So I'd be curious Mm -hmm. to see um, when X-Men actually like as a Marvel property, um, what their casting is like and who they'll be sort of like gravitating towards. Um, Cause I, I, I don't know how Gal Gadot got cast as Wonder Woman, and that still baffles me to this day. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> now's not the time for that conversation. <laughs> no, do it. <laughs> Open it up. For him. Um, I mean, <laughs> oh, don't derail us. We're already at the end. <laughs> <laughs> this has been, I think this maybe has been the hottest take Slayer fight we've ever had. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this is just my cup of tea. Uh, no, but I, I, I honestly am very curious. I don't think we're going to see another movie like this because I, at least I hope we don't. I think <laughs> once, once the whole, the Marvel quote unquote Disney machine, you know, gets a hold of it, they structure things out. Like they tell stories, they write their stories in five and 10 movie increments. Yeah. So it will be the problem. I think with the whole X-Men franchise, it's been, every, they've tried to franchise it, but it hasn't, it's funny. They've worked like independent, they've worked like restaurants. They've worked like independent franchises. They haven't worked like an actual linked, you know, that all have the same mm. sign up front, but everything on the menu soon sort of been switched around and the ingredients are questionable. <laughs> it's sort of funny, like I almost imagine like the Marvel X-Men being, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe X-Men being a lot more like 
like they'll do one-offs and then they'll do an Avengers type like where they're all together. Yeah, because like, it I... just like, feels like they're just so many different tones and different types of mutants and different types of stories they're going to tell. Well, for one, let's just call it what it is. The Avengers verse is Lily White. <laughs> Um, it's it's what and you're dealing with i mean the avengers are sort of the the jocks and cheerleaders of the high school whereas you have the x-men as sort of like you know your art punks or you know whatever hobby club you'd like to include them in but i don't think i mean that's why we love them Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) i mean look i was in horticulture club in high school so oh wow (laughs) A what? Horticulture. It's oh, plant Oh, what? Horticulture is plant. Horticulture. H-O-R-T. Yeah, I, I, I heard hoarder. I was, oh, like, I was like, are we celebrating? Wow. Don't you hoard back onto me. <laughs> Wop culture. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with all of you. I just, okay. I just spilled my sake now. So great. I'm so sorry. <laughs> great. But I think the X-Men are just a little messy to be in the what the Marvel universe is now. Like, I feel like it's coloring outside the lines a little bit. So I'm really curious how. Well, X- here's, and here's, here's the other thing. We also cannot include New Mutants in this. A lot of people saying, yay, New Mutants is going to usher in the new thing. Absolutely no, not. it's not. No, new no, Mutants no, no, no. was passed and written 10 years ago, which is part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why people want me to, like, drag them. I'm like, I'm not dragging them because 10 years ago, this was before Black Panther and before um, Into the Spider-Verse and before Beyonce's internet. And I'm sorry. They're not, not, no one's going to listen to you if you talk about this. But, you know, there were a lot of problems in the casting and creation of this movie, but New Mutants also is going to fail, unfortunately, because they refuse to stream it. It's going Girl, August 28th. That's what she's stupid. and because no, but honestly, I think they have to. It's a contractual thing because the contracts are they can't push it anymore, mm. and the contracts were for it being in a theater. Oh my God. And so I think and they I have to do it. It's like so more. old. Like Shirley Temple is in that movie. Like, oh, I don't oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is like we can't look at things like New Mutants and say this is the beginning of the next, and that's what's going to be hard for mainstream people to understand the next like X-Men movie is really going to have to come out of Feige's house and that's going to be considered the next phase. I think it's, I, I honestly think the mutants, I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. I just don't think anybody's going to care because of everything that's going yeah. on right now. I think it's like us nerds will be like, Oh, once it goes to video on demand, I assume like two weeks after it's in theaters. Yes. Um, I think us like us nerdy people will be excited, mm-hmm. but there's not enough. Well, that's not enough. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna have the snakes on a plane energy of just like, oh, I gotta see this now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Snakes on a plane. What a reference! Snakes on a plane was like. So I saw the midnight screening of Snakes on a Plane, and it was like, if you did not see that movie on on midnight the night it came out, that was the only hot time to see that movie. Wow, I wholeheartedly you know agree. What? But if they're doing this like twenty nine ninety nine thing that they're doing with Mulan, oh, I'm absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, but like, I the thing that bothers not bothers me, but worries me about um, just mutants being introduced into um, you know this Lily White Avengers universe is that for the mutants to me to to be relevant and to actually say something is that they need to tell the story not the way they've been telling like the way they've been treating the mutants 
um, because it's very, um, you know, white people gaze as far as like how we handle diversity and um, racism and all of that. Like, but but also, but mm -hmm. but to that end, just really quick, that sentence right there, I just want to make a comment that the only way that's going to happen is if it's more than one person Mm -hmm. because, because um, black folks aren't a monolith. Queer folks aren't a monolith. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, Case in point, Voldemort. Like you, you right, can't yeah. have. You need the reason why things like Watchmen worked is oh. because there was more than one voice. Yeah. There was more than one black person. There was more than one um, person who of of um, whether or not they were queer or whatever they are, yeah, their yeah. gender identified as. All those voices were put together mm-hmm. to come up with the story that came out, which is why it worked the problem that we're having is it's not just because because again we've seen the 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 candace owens of the world like you can't just say we need somebody brown or we need somebody queer we need we have to say we need multiple people there needs to be a committee i'm over here snapping no 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 like (laughs) i I couldn't agree more i could not agree i just couldn't agree more well we need the chachalas because they definitely exist like mm-hmm. there are going to be mutants that irk you and they're not perfect they're not supposed to be like but we need like they just can't keep telling this very tired allegory that they've been using for the last absolutely three decades or whatever like it has to be different yeah well, i mean i mean this is i mean this whole thing started i mean x-men one in 2000 started with like them saying these two cis you know het white guys were like oh they they kept they kept pushing it back are they like allegedly i'm telling you now x-men 2 made a canon when magneto told rogue i love what you don't with your hair oh my god That's that was just queerness it, more than oh. anything <laughs> I thought, I thought the fight on the plane in this movie between Charles and <laughs> the okay. moment the moment Charles saw Magneto in the Pentagon and like just punched him, slapped him, mm-hmm. and all that sort of that that was a breakup. That was a ah! that was complicated. <laughs> that was multi. But like you know they they've been doing this from the beginning. I'm just saying like mm-hmm. oh we're we're doing this we're doing this very big like allegory. This we're doing this very big. I mean they've been saying it since the beginning of just like this is Martin Luther King's philosophy versus Malcolm X philosophy. They've been saying yeah. that, like, I want to fight. Beginning. I want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's been like their talking point of just like Voldemort's talking point of like this of just like well we're gonna but we're gonna siphon it through these two guys. And like they're watered down. Like but they've been saying that for years. They've been saying that four years but the problem is nobody paid attention to malcolm the fact that what by the time malcolm x died he was no longer the nation of islam and by the time mlk died he owned weapons no one's yeah. paying attention to that part mm-hmm. no one's talking Arch- about malcolm x being by girl yeah, like. nobody wants to talk about any of that because mm-hmm. they want to remember again the archetype and type in the image and the one sentence that they want to use. If they, if everybody can say, I have a dream, you ain't got to do anything. You just keep dreaming. Yeah. And that's what Charles does at the end of this movie to himself, to his former self. <laughs> um, that whole, you need to hope like we, like where did the future is yeah, right. hoping? I, wow. I just, yeah. It made me so angry. So, so angry. Steph, that's funny. I actually put in my notes, 
ask Steph what she thinks of this. <laughs> I was so I was so mad. Like he doesn't deserve happiness. He doesn't deserve any of that. It reminded me of the end of the Dark Phoenix when yes. um Charles, they're like sitting and like Charles is feeling really good about himself because um you know, all of uh, Jean's misery and stuff like that. Like we all, they all collectively decide like he is free of that burden, but it's like, no, 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 you are still very guilty. Um, but so I wanted to talk about the end scene. I, I am curious what you all think. I love the end scene and it makes me so mad that this happy ending wasn't the fucking like door shutting on this series because it should have been. It should have been. I think it was. We we like we got rid of all the like crap in between, and we gave these heroes a happy ending. They finally got we... Jean Grey's wig right. Wait, hold <laughs> up! Wait, wait a minute now. Wait, a, a wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Because we, listen, I paused it on this scene because we need to talk about a few things: the red kitten Uh-oh. heels. Oh my god! <laughs> the, the the Mormon pencil skirt. It is below the knee. <laughs> And the red turtleneck. <laughs> and then so the red heels, the red dress, the red pencil skirt, the red dress. Okay. It, it was red, 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 red. Yeah. I was just like, the, this clownery can't be allowed to continue. <laughs> like in X Men 2, she has yeah, that she Phoenix was... embroidered like, um, trench. <laughs> she and she has wow. Phoenix jewelry. Yeah. She has a Phoenix, you know, little, um, you know, like Tiffany's charm bracelet she's wearing. And a <laughs> costume was designer was so like, proud. Yeah, yeah, like the costume designer she like was, shopped at her universe or something. She it's was like, she was so proud. She was like, hey, you know, the Phoenix, it represents life. And I'm like, and I'm like, you and I'm like, you know, like and I'm like, great. I'm so happy to hear like this is where you're going. Just go ahead and give Storm a cloud t-shirt too. Like and some lucite pumps. She needs some lucite pumps. Right, I'm done. Aaron, they need you on set. They really need you on They really needed you on set. They do. Yeah. This is great. Truly. <laughs> but so what did we think of that end though? Did we like the end? It was cute or whatever. Oh. I mean, for the for the arc of the whatever, <laughs> for the arc of whatever, the throat slit like that. Was- <laughs> well, here's the thing: the the I was curious as to the one thing that did um, make me very curious. Uh, well, one of two things: one, I want to know why I've never seen Charles's um, wheelchair go sideways before. Second, I wanted to know. I was. Very curious about how, like, he was going to remember or know what had happened. And then he did that little eye thing he did does. And like, oh, okay, he, he knows what happened, what, what Wolverine's explaining to him. Mm-hmm. But walking through the halls, seeing the little things being wrapped up with a bow, it was, here's the thing. Was it corny? Yes. But was it a nice wrap-up? Yes. But right, it was. then going to the whole thing with Wolverine un- underwater being lifted up and then... The whole confusion with Stryker, that's the part. And I'm sorry, no, I hit that. I hit that note too early. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it just it bugged me so much because I could not figure out for the life of me why they made Stryker um, mystique. He, that just didn't make any sense. Because anonymous was anonymous was being cute. That's the whole 100. No, there's no story. That's reason. What I'm he was he just said trying it. to be cute. He said it. Now he yeah. changed to anonymous. 
<laughs> I know, right? No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even salt anonymous like that. Let's just go <laughs> the more. Um, you know what? With this, but oh wait, go for it. Oh, Aaron, I was just gonna say, tell me what you thought of this and like the wrap up. I feel like my sentiments has to mirror Steph's, to be honest. Um, <laughs> only because, and I feel like y'all might drag me for this. I so. I tend to get really, especially when it comes to endings, if an ending can give me like little goosebumps, I'm really like over the moon for it. And surprisingly, X-Men Apocalypse did that for me. Like the very end, like seeing them all suited up in a danger room made me so happy. Because we've been waiting for the danger room for like seven movies. Yeah. Like, and seeing somewhat like, and those were also the closest their costumes got to anything we this know of. True. This is yeah, true. Right. And it's getting us to that danger room look. Yes. Yeah. That was a wonderful payoff, but to picture, not the whole movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is literally that, that moment. And it's like, it's just like a, you know, a steady like rotation of them just like all powering up and Xavier wheeling off. And I'm like, okay, this is cute. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say the entire movie is worth the payoff. I would say it's definitely not. <laughs> I hate that movie. But wait, so but you this so this didn't like do it for you. This end, I think it's I, I think it's a good for this series. But here's the are thing: we, we, you gotta look at the time for, at the time at that time. It was okay. Was it the best ending? No, because we had Marvel movies out. But right, it was right. it was decent. That's the thing. It's so hard not to filter our our expectations to what we've seen since because looking back on it it's like eh. but <laughs> but at the time i was like all right that's not a bad ending but like i said just they yeah. messed it up by not leaving striker's eyes alone right. yeah because, i like, don't think xavier, it was awful like, like xavier's you know. monologue was talking about their theory of time travel which is you can mess with certain things you can change certain big events but there's certain things that are just going to happen and the way they were pulling him out and Stryker pulling him out and the way that was coinciding with Xavier's monologue was like they were doing the thing like, hey, no matter what this timeline says, he is going into the Weapon X programs, he's getting adamantium, he's going to be part right. of Stryker's team, this and that. And then they throw the eyes in and it's just like, well, okay, well, is he going in the program or isn't he? Fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so now that we're at the end here... um favorite scene Aaron um it's gonna have to be the very last fight sequence I mean I feel like you get that sort of anxiety that like some of my favorite x-men moments are when you truly think they can't win like when the odds are just sort of impossible to beat and um as corny as Storm's pow- like Storm's powers were reduced to in that scene, like it was actually nice seeing her work with other mutants, like powering up Bishop, um, teaming up with Magneto, who's like my other fave. So, um, and Blink is doing a damn thing, just teleporting all over the place or opening portals all over the place. Um, but I think it also has a very like strong sense of melancholy too that I appreciate as well. Um, you know, especially like specifically the scene when Magneto is walking backwards and he's using the metal to cover the door behind him, like as yeah. the Sentinels emerge. Like it's such like like anxiety and drama, which I kind of live for because I'm a Leo. But 
Steph, what was your favorite scene? Um, it's gonna have to be that first fight uh, that they had with the Sentinels, and only because um, I just felt like they came out the out the gate with guns blazing, and that whole like the CGI wasn't bad, uh, was well wasn't too bad, and it's like a lot of action, and it's it's gritty and like people are dying terribly because that's what I loved about the opening of what is it? Um, infinity war or whatever. So, um, I, I really like that. And then the rest of the movie, like wasn't as didn't have as much action. Cause like, I thought it was going to keep up that energy because like you're going, you're going back in the past. It sounds very chaotic, whatever you're about to do. So, um, for me, it was that, um, that beginning fight. Um, and the future just looks so, scary like it really reminded me of um terminator in that in that kind of tone like yeah this this is sci-fi but like this is really terrible they're dying everybody's dead and the future is fucked up y'all yeah yeah uh karma um i am gonna agree with steph that first fight and it's simply because um echoing everything she said but also when you first see it you don't know what to expect. Like I kind of knew, but I didn't know how they were going to pull it off, you know? And that's just me as a comic book person. But there's people that didn't read comics that were like, oh my God, what is happening? You know, I'm seeing all my favorite, you know, and it's one of the reasons I've said this before that um, a lot of people like Infinity War versus Endgame because they drop you off a cliff with Infinity War and people just start disintegrating, you know? So it's similar to that in that you have this moment where like, wait, I'm sorry, they just killed who? Storm, whoa, Magneto just caught it. So I think one, because you're seeing this fight, two, you're seeing this teamwork that you've never seen from the X-Men before because mm-hmm. they keep rebooting this thing and people keep meeting each other as opposed to like <laughs> growing and working. So you see this, like like you said, between a lot of the characters, some teamwork you hadn't seen. It was a really good fight, really good for the time effects. And they emotionally drew you in and then they just kind of threw you off a cliff. So I, I think for me, that first fight scene did it. it does, the close second would be the end one, but mm-hmm. you got to go around the world, over the hill, through the woods to get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, what's your favorite scene? Um, I'm going to have to be basic and be the Quicksilver scene. Um, it, it's just fun. It just turned my brain off because, listen, I've been, my brain has been hyper on the, all these movies. Um, and it was dice to get a sense of like i mean being really like to 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 feel like the movie had more knowledge of what this mutant could do more than i did which is very rare for this series so um so i was like wow i'm discovering new elements of this mutant that's great and plus like you know as a little chaos gemini myself like i feel like this this definitely spoke to me like you know someone who doesn't maybe take this too seriously but is helping nevertheless um, I really vibed on it. It was great. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm. I couldn't decide on a favorite scene, but that opening and then that end, the opening fight scene and the end fight scene, I think are both stellar. Um, and then I do love the Quicksilver scene. I wanted to mention. I want the jacket he's wearing. That is a cool jacket. Um, and uh, the 
the end with all everyone back at the mansion just because I'm a sucker for like a happy ending and I'm like oh my baby and you're so happy. sentimental I love that about I you know. I've been loving that about like I've like just been discovering more and more about my best friend like throughout this podcast it's been Aww. so nice it's just been seeing like look at the X-Men doing good things I know it's been really revealing it's just like even like I feel like even in Generation X you were like I just loved in this moment <laughs> when this <laughs> You're like, I love this the movie that does nothing for nobody. You were like, <laughs> I just really like. I don't know. I the X Men. Like I, I mean, we've spent a couple years talking about Buffy, but the X Men were like my first big like nerdy thing, aside from like Star Wars and Star Trek. But that was like my parents watched those, but X Men were my first like my own nerdy thing that like I didn't have anyone to talk about with, and I don't know. I I always like have such love for them. Um, all right, now we're going to grade the movie. Um, Steph, what grade do you give it? I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a C. Um, I can't fully, of course, no, definitely not an A or a B, but I also can't give it a D or F just because when I watched it again, I was like, let me try to put my mind back in 2014 and erase everything else I know about superhero movies, you know, leading up to now. And, um, it is really hard to do that, but when you do it and if you're able to like the movie was serviceable like serviceable like it wasn't like terrible it wasn't apocalypse and it definitely wasn't dark phoenix um and i guess it was it was serviceable so let's see (laughs) all right aaron um i'm gonna say maybe a b minus all right that's fine um um yeah. Do you want to state your case or that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think um, I give a B minus because, like, in terms of like the X Men movie, I can watch over and over again as X Men too. Um, and so this one, yeah, this one, I think because of the middle in particular, um, it can be really exhausting because there's a lot of talking um, and a lot of telling of what the plot um, is doing right now. So. Um, but yeah, but I think it redeems itself once it actually catches up um, and once the action gets going again. Um, but I think all things considering from Voldemort, it's slightly impressive that he did it. <laughs> I think he, I think he had to like go sit down in the other room to think about this. Like I he, like walked away from the mic, sat yeah. down. Let me let me contemplate. Like, <laughs> talented assistant took over at some exactly. point. <laughs> All right, Karma, what, what grade do you give it? I'm gonna, I'm right in the middle, C plus. Um, I'm like Stephanie, I can't give any of these X Men movies a, A's or B's. Um, it's against my religion. Okay. Um, but I can give it a C plus because yes, of all of them, I do think that this one at that time did the did the most in terms of a being the most diverse, b giving us some pretty good fight scenes, and despite some of some huge plot holes that are all Voldemort's fault. Um, Basically um, really giving us at that time, a couple of images of a cohesive team up of X-Men that we hadn't seen before. And also giving us on-screen images of X-Men we hadn't seen before, like Sunspot. I know Stephanie, but it's the first one time we saw him. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it in my spirit and ready to say yes, something. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I and, and and even Bishop, um, who was cast correctly, I believe. Um, but it's it was for me, I think, did did the best job of giving us 
the Chris Claremont comics on screen that we had seen um, and not jacking it up too tremendously badly. So I'm a C plus. That's fair. Um, Adam, what grade do you give? I'm going to buck the trend. I'm going to give it an A minus. Um, it was, listen, I had a good time. I have been sitting through a lot of these back to back. I've been <laughs> Elaine Bennis with the bad sub. Like I, I've been listening to a lot of these back to back. I had a good time with this one. I tied one on. It was great. It was, um, it was, it was just a fun time. So a minus good job, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, I'm a, I'm a flat A. I don't, don't kill me. Don't throw me off my own podcast. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we, we, we have not, we have, been, we have been sitting through so much crap. Listen, it's okay. <laughs> we have been dealing with like first class and last stand. It's been a lot of crap. Um, but yeah. And I, yeah, I still, I, I was really going into this worried. It would not hold up. I still feel, I still think it is the best. I, I go back and forth because X2, I think, is the most fun, maybe. But I think this one, watching them all back to back, is maybe the best movie. Ah. Ian, we're both but, the same age. Um, it made us feel young again. Just say it. It made us <laughs> yeah. feel like we were in college again. Just say it. <laughs> uh, made me feel like I could go to the bar. I could go to the bar it afterwards. It made get me feel 20 again. And for that, it gets a triple plus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right so um thank you all for joining us thank you all for listening uh steph do you want to tell everyone where they can find you yes you can find me on twitter at imagine the x-men uh cupid's shuffling with uh sentinels or steph underscore i underscore will um right now i'm working well no actually uh i had a kickstarter for a fan comic called living heroes that's actually pretty much done so looks like you all will be able to check that out much sooner than i was thinking which was going to be in november um i have uh two web comics that i do uh that run every two weeks and it's um but what if though and also parenthood activate parenthood activate very simple <laughs> very like clear what that is it's my tales as a parent um but for but what if though it's um me doing things like storm uh, breaking Callisto's ankles um, and my version of their fight um, in a basketball game. So uh, if you're interested in that, uh, check it out. A lot of a lot of Xavier slander all over the place. <laughs> I'm very interested. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at magical.poppy. Um, Twitter is magical underscore poppy. Um, and then in terms of things I'm working on, um, my podcast will debut next week. Um, it's called Stand By Me. Um, so it's just uh, kind of an Aaron and Friends podcast where um, I have a friend on every episode and we are kind of nerding out about some good old geeky nostalgia. Um, so in terms of like what we'll be talking about, some things like um, I just recorded a Prince of Egypt episode. Um yeah, um, did a Power Rangers episode. We're doing Land Before Time and Jurassic Park next. Like, a lot of good stuff. Um, and then I, hopefully, my comics should be making the rounds at the end of this year. Um, yay. yay! So I've been, yay. yeah, I know Steph's the only one that knows that, but um, 
I've been writing a comic called Boy Witch. Um, and so I've been having a few exchanges with a literary agent who's interested. Um, so I'm kind of tightening up a few things before um, we possibly shop it around. So, yeah. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Oh. Um, I'll uh, check my email for the invitation to be on that podcast. Andrew. I know. <laughs> I have my responding to a message right now from him about coming. On. I know. I was going to say anything, Steph. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I never responded. That was so rude. <laughs> said, that was so rude. Just I'm like, you right. <laughs> Karma, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, I'm basically the blur girl everywhere. T H E B L E R D G U R L. Uh Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I get mail on Twitter though. I'm I'm there all the time. Um my um live show um is the Blur Girl Live. It's every Tuesday night at eight PM on Twitch on the OSMYC channel. Um, and I interview all kinds of creatives, artists, act, act, actors, activists. Um, last week, I had Peter Ramsey, the co-director of Into the Spider-Verse. And next week on Tuesday, I have actually Vida Ayala and Danny Lore are going to be coming on talking about the comics that they're working on. Oh, nice. And then right. actually, that is Tuesday is actually the technically the last episode of the season. But I do have a special bonus episode that's coming out on um, that that will be live on a week, uh, actually next week, Saturday at the 22nd with J.N. Lopez of Black Girl Gamers. And nice. there will be a season two. Um, season one, you can still watch. Um, most of it is up, still up on Twitch, but they're going to be, uh, I'm closed captioning all of my episodes so that I can reach more people. And so they're going up on my YouTube channel as well, Blur Girl TV. April Rain's episode is up there. Orlando Jones' episode is up there. Yeah. There's a few people oh that are coming gosh. soon. And there's also they're also going to be released um, in podcast form. And I am going to be able to do a season two. I can't talk about the details, but I have a sponsor. Yeah. Season two. Actually, I'm announcing that on this podcast. Nobody knows that. Oh my god! So, oh, nice. <laughs> so I am. Um, I will be able to um, give more details on that in the next few weeks as to when the second season is dropping. But in the meantime, please give love to the first season of Blur Girl Live because I worked really hard and it's really scary doing lives every week. Oh. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. We've done like. I have like three lives for Slayer Fest. Oh my god! Like it's one like so dropped stressful. signal like midway through. Yeah the the last one we did the my my internet and my house just dropped. Oh no! Oh my god. So the, it was the a nightmare. Just ended abruptly. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was great, but it was yeah. And then when you have video with makeup and lashes and it's hot and air conditioning and it's oh. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, lashes. Um, <laughs> Adam, tell everyone where they can find you and where they can pre-order you. You book. can find me at on Twitter at uh, the Adam Sass on Instagram at it's Adam Sass and most importantly you can pre-order my upcoming debut YA novel Surrender Your Sons anywhere you buy your books Surrender Your Sons is um, a YA thriller about queer teens an ensemble of queer teens uh, rebelling against their conversion therapy camp and bringing it down while oh my god oh, oh, wow. it's, yes it's listen it's ensemble work it's great <laughs> <laughs> and if you all want to find slayer fest 98 we are at slayer fest x 98 on all social platforms you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify 
um, and other places. You can support us on Patreon, where you can get access to our private Facebook group and our Patreon Patreon exclusive episodes. And we will see you all next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>